Hallelujah. Thank you, Pastor Kim. May the Lord bless you. Can we appreciate our pastor, please, in Jesus' name? You can do better than that. Amen. Amen. I want us to turn to our Bibles, to the book of Revelation, chapter 12. Revelation, chapter 12. As we open the scripture, uh, one more time, I'd like to appreciate my friends, Pastor James and uh, Patience, for their labors, and may the Lord bless you so much. We love you dearly. Um, thank you so much. Um, today, I've come with another friend of mine. Um, he's called Anthony. And I just want to request him to stand up and just wave at us. Amen. Can we appreciate him kindly? Uh, you're going to see him again uh, before the week is over. Uh, he's my partner in the ministry uh, in this conference. And I thank God for his life. I've worked with him uh, for many years. And uh, I know that God is taking him places. Amen. Uh, the technician at the back just tried to find my voice, especially the monitors, <coughs> so that I don't need to strain a lot as I speak. Revelation chapter 12, I'm going to read from verse 1 to verse 6. Now a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a garland of twelve stars. Then being with child, she cried out in labor and in pain to give birth, and another sign appeared in heaven. Ah, you have touched something good there. Behold, a great fiery red dragon having seven heads and ten horns and seven diadems on his heads. His tail drew a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth and the dragon stood before the woman who was ready to give birth, to devour her child as soon as it was born. She bore a male child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up to God and his throne. Then the woman fled into the wilderness where she has a place prepared by God. That they should feed her there 1,260 days. Before I introduce the message for tonight, allow me to take the first five minutes to make some few opening remarks, and then we see what the mind of the Spirit is. I want to request for some of you to pray for me because I want to speak only for one hour. God help me. 
because I'm trying to dare to do that in live church Kasarani. <laughs> but please pray for me. The book of Revelation is a very controversial book, yet it need not be. Many people avoid the book of Revelation because it is difficult. It has signs and symbols that are terrifying. But majorly, majority of the people don't want to read the book of Revelation because of the different persuasions and interpretation that are there. I can tell you one of the books I have studied more than any other book is a book of Revelation. I've read all the theories you can think of. And uh, I almost became an expert. But God has helped me to avoid certain extremes. What I want you to know is that the book of Revelation is an inspired book of the Bible. It is the Lord who gave these visions to his servant John. And God ordained according to the discourse of history, the church history, that the book of Revelation will be part of the canon of scripture. This book is so controversial that one of the church fathers, his name is John Calvin, did a commentary of the entire Bible except the book of Revelation. Martin Luther, the great reformer, when he appeared on the scene and he said the just shall live by faith and he based his doctrine on the book of Romans, when he came to the book of Revelation, he said, let's put it aside. It's too much for me. But this book is powerful. I don't want to make you a student of the book of Revelation, but there is only one thing I want you to know. It is the revelation of Jesus Christ. That means it is Jesus Christ who gave that revelation, yet it also means the revelation is about Jesus. So when you read the book of Revelation, if you want to avoid all the controversies that are there, look for Jesus in that book. It is as simple as that. Now, this is a scene that appears in heaven. And the Bible says it is a great sign that appears in heaven. It is so great that Apostle John is trying to describe it in human language, but he is still limited. He says this woman was clothed with the sun. Now, I want you to notice he is trying to explain what he is seeing but it is still too difficult for human words. So he can only say the woman is clothed with the sun. And the moon is under her feet. In other words, she is clothed with the greater light and she is over the lesser light. That is the New Testament bright. The sun is the New Testament. The moon is the Old Testament. Under her feet... And on her head a garland of 12 stars. Then being with child, she cried out in labor. So this woman is in labor pains 
about to give birth to a son. And in verse 3, the revelation continues to say, another sign appears in heaven. And this time around, it's a red dragon. And look at this red dragon. It has seven heads and it has ten horns and seven crowns on its head. Now, notice, I don't want us to argue about what that means. That's for the theological school. But this dragon is not China. Please, set on that. Tell your neighbor, China is not in the Bible. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because people see the dragon is a symbol of China, so they say China is in the book of Revelation. Now, this dragon with seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns on his head has a tail that is so powerful it has the capacity to draw a third of the stars of heaven and throw them to the earth. And the dragon now, after dealing with the stars, stands before the woman. Now, that is a very intimidating dream. A woman who is about to give birth. Devil, you are a liar. You are a liar, devil. A woman who is about to give birth, she is vulnerable. She is powerless. She has no strength. She has no capacity to deal with the dragon. So this woman who is vulnerable is giving birth, but there is a dragon that is so intimidating standing before the woman to destroy and to kill the child as soon as it was born. That is always what happens when God triggers a move of God, a move of the spirit, that the opposition looks so intimidating and the church looks so weak. When you compare, you see the church has no uh, opportunity to fight and to win this battle. So this is a picture that is shown there. But the Bible continues to say, this woman gives birth to the child. Now, what is the dragon waiting to do? To destroy the child. Now, the child has been birthed. But something happens. But before it happens, John is given a prophetic picture about this child. She says, she bore a male child. Now, this child is a baby. But this child has an ordination to rule the nations with a rod of iron. That is the destiny of this child. And I want you to underline that in your Bible because we are going to come back to that and we enter through that. So the child has a destiny to rule the nations. Somebody say to rule the nations. With a rod of iron. I love that song Davis was singing. Glory to God. With a rod of iron and her child. So look, the child is being born. The dragon is ready to devour. But what happens, the child is caught up to God. God will always preserve what he bats. He will always preserve what he bats. God help me not to divert. Please, please, please. I want to stay here. Hallelujah. A child was caught up to God and his throne. So the dragon has lost the battle. 
Then the Bible says, when the dragon notices that the child has been caught up, then he begins to pursue the woman to revenge. That's why the devil is called the avenger. He wants to revenge because he has lost the child. Now he's pursuing the woman, but the woman flees to the wilderness where she has a place prepared by God that they should feed her there 1,260 days. The book of Revelation is beautiful. Sometimes when I read it, I salivate. I'm telling you, it's beautiful. Hallelujah. You, you just need to be prophetic to enjoy it. Hallelujah. I want to share with you today on a message that I'm calling this. is an exclamation. The king in Zion. The king in Zion. May the Lord help us. And Father, we pray that as we open the scriptures and as we explain the word, Give us a hearing ear and give us utterance to speak as we ought. We pray that there will be reality in this service tonight. Words will not be empty, but they will be full of life. We ask you today by faith in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. A man child is born and this child has an ordination to rule the nations with a rod of iron. Who is he referring to? He is referring to Christ. The king in Zion. Now, in the book of Isaiah, chapter 9, verse 6, the Bible says, and we are going to read there uh, very quickly. Isaiah, chapter 9, verse 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Those commas are not necessary. Because all these are his name. The same way you are called Mark Mutinda Musioki. Is there a comma after Mark? Is there a comma after Mutinda? These commas are not necessary. His name in his ID is this. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. The Son of God. So, we love that. The government will be upon his shoulder. And Mr. T was talking about that. But my interest is this, because I want you to write this down. It is a principle in the scripture. And the principle is this, Dr. Sylvia. That children are born, but sons are given. The day the church will understand that, that's when the church will begin to mature. Sons are not born. Children are not given. Children are born. Sons are given. When you give birth 
to a male child that is not a son according to the scriptures. You cannot call this person, this, this individual, my son. I know in English that's okay. But in scripture, this is not son. This is child. But now this child must go through the processes of life and they come to a certain place where now the son is given. Now here the Bible says, and to us a child is born. And to us a son is given. Now back to Revelation chapter 12. In Revelation chapter 12, we see a child that was born. In that instance, the, child, the son was not given. He was born. That is why the enemy could, have, could do anything with that child. The father had to intervene to rapture that child. He was caught up to heaven so that the child can be preserved because the child has had a destiny that when he becomes a son, he will be given a rod of iron. The king in Zion. Oh, Jesus. When Jesus was born, the Bible says that the shepherds in the field saw angels singing, saying, today in Bethlehem, Judah, there is good news. A child has been born. Go to the manger and you will see him. And they go to the manger and what do they see? A child. But after 30 years, when Jesus appears in the Jordan River and he is baptized, a voice speaks from heaven and says, today I have begotten you. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. <laughs> you are my son today. Can you imagine when Mary gave birth to Jesus, the father in heaven did not say, you are my son. I have begotten you. He sent angels. <laughs> he sent angels. But when Jesus appears in the Jordan River, the father now says, you are my son today. Today, I've begotten you. What is the literal word he said? He says, this is my son. I am well pleased in him. A child is born and a son is given. Now Jesus Christ is the king. And last time I was here, I said that he is a warrior king. Now, when you study the book of Revelation and we don't have time to go into all of those things, you will see how he was enthroned and what made him to be enthroned and his nature of a lion, his nature of a lamb and all of that. But I want you to take note of one thing, ladies and gentlemen, that when Jesus Christ was enthroned after his resurrection and ascension to the Father, he appeared before the Father and the Father gave him dominion. I'm going somewhere with this. Let's go together. I will come to where you are. Glory to God. But right now we see who? We see Christ. You cannot see yourself before you see Christ. One of the problems, Pastor Kim, I find is that when we preach, we are too quick to become practical. 
before we become practical and and come to where you are, we must take you to where Christ is. We must give you a picture of Christ so that when you see him, you will have no problem seeing yourself. Because this whole business is about Christ. It's not about us. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. That's why in this conference you have not had things like seven keys to your financial breakthrough. That will come automatically when you see him. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. So Christ was given the dominion by the Father. Now, when, when, you, when you study about things to do with kingdoms, you will discover... Something very interesting, and I, I, I'm not a very good student of that, but I'm speaking like a layman. When a son matured and he was ready to become the king, to inherit from his father, he was given three things, Pastor Patience. At least three things. Number one, a son was given a throne. Or the king was given what? A throne. You cannot be a king without a throne. And that throne, as we sang, has a footstool. And we will come to that. Now, the second thing a king was given when he was enthroned is what we call a crown. He was given a crown. And some of them would, would give the king crowns of other kings that were conquered. Alright? Because a crown is a symbol of authority and triumph. That is why even nowadays when people run, they are given what? A crown. Because it's a sign of, it's a symbol of triumph. It's a symbol of conquering and authority and dominion. But the third thing a king was given was a rod. In, the, in other places it's called a scepter. I think it's called a scepter. A rod or a scepter. So a king was given a throne, a rod, and a crown. Now, when we move from kingdoms to republics, now we have nations. When someone becomes a pre president, because now we don't have kings, except in Britain. Now, when someone becomes a president, we don't give him a throne. President Uhuru Kenyatta does not have a throne. He just have a, he has a very good seat that they carry it wherever he goes. When he was in Kirenyaga, they carried the seat. But that is not a throne. It's just a normal seat. Even the seats parliamentarians sit on, they look better than the one he sits on. All right. So they decided, let's, move, let's remove this thing called throne. It's, 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 it's baggage for no reason. Then they said, uh, this crown thing is too elaborate. Let's just do away with it. So nowadays, when a, when a president comes into power, you don't give him a crown. The only crown we have, nearly a police in Akwangapa, a very small one, you know, and in our, in, our, in our currency. So we did away with many things about monarchy, but there is something that we left, Davis, because that one has to be there. If there is authority, it must be there. It is an ultimate symbol of authority. And it is called the scepter. Some of you remember in the year 2002, because I know for, for others you are a bit young. Who, uh, what, what was his name? Kibaki. 
he comes to Uhuru Park and he was being pushed on a wheelchair. Aye? And he enters Uhuru Park and you remember what we were singing? You remember that? A man on a wheelbarrow is pulled a citizen of Kenya. Vulnerable. Powerless. He's, he's just won an election but he has no power. Then he sits on the dais on his wheelchair and then another tall majestic man the former president of Kenya Daniel Torey Arab Moy comes majestically you throw stones you throw rotten eggs he doesn't care that man was a dignified man he comes with his bakora kaya and he sits next to Kebaki and at that time all the security apparatus of the country, all the military in the nation was behind President Moy. If President Moy got angry that day before handing over power and summoned the military, those young men in Urupak, they would have seen dust. The whole military was behind him. Now, I want you to know why. So, he comes in as the president. Kebaki comes in as a citizen. And when the time for handing over came, one of the military men came with a sword. And he gave it to President Moi. Because the soldier, the, the army of Kenya does not follow a person. It follows the sword. It follows the sword. If I don't finish in the next one hour, I have repented now. Father, forgive me. <laughs> or we continue tomorrow. <laughs> Glory to God. So they gave the sword to him because they were telling him, hey, you are the custodian of this sword. What is that sword? That is the rod. Because according to our constitution, we determined the scepter of authority in Kenya will be a sword. And I think it's a golden sword. I'm not sure. But they gave it to the president. The president took the sword and handed it over to the man on the wheelchair. If you are keen enough, the, the, the security people that were behind President Moy, all of them left him. They went behind Kibaki. At the handing over, President Moy became a citizen. Kibaki became the president. Kayuza. Don't joke with the rod. If when, when Kibaki took the rod, if he decided and said, arrest this man, do you know the former president will have been arrested? Thank God, God has given us good presidents. We thank God for President Moy. That was a good man. We thank God for President Kebaki. Oh my. We thank God for Uhuru Kenyatta. These are good men. And the next one will be a good man. Si useme amen kubwa. Hallelujah. Somebody say the rod of authority. So Kebaki was the custodian of that scepter, Ken, for 10 years. 
Then they come to Kasarani. Here. A young man comes with his friend. Normal citizens. Kebaki comes majestically with the sword. When he handed over the sword to Uhuru, the military immediately left Kebaki. They went behind Uhuru. Now, when the Bible says that this child will rule the nations with a rod of iron, God was saying, the way I have caught him up, I have caught him up to myself that I can give him that rod. And when the rod was given to the son, that is why Jesus said, nobody can go to the father except through me. The father said, as far as the kingdom of heaven is concerned, the one with the rod is not the father. The one with the rod is not the spirit. The one with the rod is the son. The king in Zion. Even if you spend a whole year praying to God, your prayer will not be heard. It's like going to Nyeri to look for Kebaki. I say, Mr. President, even now he's Mr. President, but there is another one, there's another word, former. So even if you try to plead with him, he has no authority because he does not have the rod. So if you go to the father and you say, Father God, help me, Mungu Baba, that's okay. But there will nothing will happen. If you pray to the spirit, nothing will happen. But when you pray in the name of Jesus, it will be answered. Why? He has the rod. He is no longer a child. He is a son that has been given. This thing is serious. Now, Psalm 110, verse 1. Psalm 110, verse 1. Am I going ahead of myself? It's okay. Psalm 110, verse 1. This one we have to read together out and loud. Are we ready? Let's try. One to go. The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I I make your enemies your footstool. Now, let, let me dwell here for a little while. You remember we said a throne, a crown, a rod. Now, the Lord said to my Lord, who is that? God the Father said to God the Son. You son sit on this throne on my right hand. Sit here. Your work, Jesus, is to sit. I know the Bible says Jesus is our intercessor in heaven. I'm telling you this. He is not conducting prayer meetings in heaven. Oh, Mungu kumbuka David. Mungu kumbuka Macharia. Mungu Bwana. Hakuna kitu kama. He is interceding. His sitting is an intercession. So that when the father looks at him, he pours mercy 
on the church. He is seated. He, he told him, sit. The only time Jesus rose up is when Stephen was being killed. And before the week is over, traffic up. Ukiona mutu yeso na musumamia. Guy. Zagada gadaga. He is seated. And the father says, you sit at my right hand. Now God does not have two hands. So the right hand is not literally the right hand. It is a place of privilege. He is in a place of privilege. The, the human imagination is our enemy. Because sometimes you think, Hi, Basbungu, akiangalia hivi, yesu yuko hapa. It is a position of privilege. It is a status of the firstborn. The firstborn is the son of the right hand. Now, sit at my right hand and until when? Until I make your enemies your footstool. It's not until I make your enemies dust. I will make them your footstool. Now, you know what that means? A throne was not complete without a footstool. The throne was to rest the back. The footstool is to rest the feet. And the same material that made the throne is the same material that made the footstool. So in other words, the enemies of Jesus will be part of his dominion. You see those enemies against you. Those enemies are part of his dominion. <laughs> One theologian messed people up. I, I don't know. I think it was E.M. Bounds, if I'm not wrong. E.M. Bounds uh, or, or, or F.B. Myers, one of them, many years ago, he made a statement that, that stirred up the church world in those years. He said, the devil is God's devil. is God's devil. In other words, the devil cannot do anything that is not the will of God. Yes. <laughs> Until I make your enemies your footstool, they will be the same. They will be part of the throne. I will change everything so that Revelation back he says that the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdom of our God and of his Christ. We are, we are, let me tell you this. Now I'm going ahead of myself. Let me paint to you the picture of the future. The picture of the future is this. It is not rapture. See your rapture. Oh, tunangoja kunyakuliwa. Let me tell you, the future is this. The kingdoms of this world will become the kingdom of our God and of his Christ. That is our future. Because the father, it is not an angel. It is the father who said, you sit until. Now, what, do we, what is our picture of the end times? Jesus will leave his throne, come with the angels 
to pick us and to destroy his enemies. Jesus will not stand until my God. He will never stand, my brother. The day he will stand, all his enemies will be his footstool. Somebody say, Hallelujah! That's our future. And it is the Father who has committed himself to make his enemies his footstool. I will make. You sit on the throne, you have the crown on your head. You have a rod. Now we'll come back. To, we'll come to that. You have a rod. <sighs> I will make your enemies your footstool. Now, uh, before I go to verse 2, let's go to chapter 2 of Psalm. Verse 6. Am I confusing anybody? At the back, are we still together? Glory to God. This is Bible study. Amen. Yet I have set my king on my holy hill of Zion. Is that verse 6? Hi. I have set my king on my holy, holy hill of Zion. Move on. Let's read. Want to go? I will declare the decree. The Lord has said to me. Now this is a prophetic messianic scripture. The Lord has said to me. That is Jesus is speaking. You are my son today. Now when was today? During baptism. You are my son. I am well pleased in you. That was the today. Today I have begotten you. Mary gave birth to you. But I beget you through the waters of baptism. Ah. Now go to the next verse. Let's read. Ask. So when Jesus is on the right hand of the father. The father has said. You sit. I will make your enemies your footstool. He added and said, and now ask me. And I will give you the nations for your inheritance. And the ends of the earth for your possession. You can be sure Jesus asked for it. Yes. That is why before he ascended, he said, now all authority has been given to me. Go ye to all the nations and make them disciples of me. Why? Because the father has already given me the nations. All the nations have been given to the son as an inheritance. And the ends of the earth are his possession. We are living in a time, ladies and gentlemen, the earth belongs to Christ. It is not the devil. Uh -uh. It belongs to Christ because it is his inheritance and the ends of the world and the earth are his possession. Continue. You shall break them, Kaya. Unwana sword, imekuja the road of arms. Let's read it out and loud. Usikia to the power of the road. Let's read. One to go. Break them with the rod of iron. I sense the anointing right now. Something is going to be broken tonight. I declare in the name of Jesus. 
Something is going to be broken tonight in your life. Let's read it again. One to go. You shall break them with a rod of iron. You shall dash them to pieces like a potter's vessel. So this rod is not for decorations. It is a rod of iron. And by the way, the rod of iron talks of dictatorship. It's not a democracy. It's a rod of iron. You can't break it. His authority and dominion it cannot be broken. Go on to the next verse. Now therefore be wise. O kings. We are the kings who have chosen to be wise. <laughs> be instructed you judges of the earth. Do you know that is powerful? Said, now look at this. When, when God says... I will make your enemies your footstool. Do you know Africa was the enemy of God? Right now, Africa is a footstool of God. He is resting on Africa. 50 years ago, Kenya was the enemy. Right now, it's becoming a footstool. You remember your family when you are a child, it was an enemy of God. Right now, even your father and your mother, they are saved. <laughs> ha, Jesus. My God. Uh, let, let's go back to Psalm 110. Because I want to show you something in verse 2. Psalm 110, in verse 2. Karuza kata. Somebody pray in tongues for a minute. Pray in tongues right now. Pray in the spirit. Karuza la kata. I believe tonight you are going to have an opportunity to pray. We shall pray. Now begin to stop yourself. Pray in the spirit. Ripora Kayama Zotaki Razolia Maganda. Repiria Solobo Kande Rebeka Tayabagar. Oh my God. 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 Now the, the person projecting. Before we move on from Psalm chapter 2. Sorry for taking you back. I don't know if we had reached in verse 9 because I can't see on the screen. So, that is verse 7. This is verse 9. You shall break them with a rod of iron. You shall dash them to pieces like a potter's vessel. Okay. Now, let's go to Psalm 110 verse 1. Back to that. The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. Now, the question I want you to ask yourself is this, my brother. If the father is the one who has committed himself to make the enemies of Christ his footstool, why is it that we don't see that as a reality in our lives. You see, now those are very serious questions. What is the disconnect? And my concern tonight is to address the disconnect. And that's why I'm sharing this message. The king in Zion. It's not an empty statement. It is loaded with meaning. My friend, the king in Zion 
Go to verse 2. Let's read out and loud. One to go. Send the rod of your strength. Where? Out of heaven. You see, that's why you need to, to, to understand the scripture. Sit on my right hand. Where is the right hand? In heaven. But God does not tell the son. Your strength will proceed from heaven. Come with your seat. Ragadabaga. Zelepe, Kirama, Sitia. Look at the earth. This is the earth. Glory to God. The Father is here. You sit. You will make your enemies your footstool so that your feet will have a place to rest. But that was in heaven. But the Father tells the Son. I will send the rod of your strength, not out of heaven, out of another place called Zion. So, the reason why we may not see the strength of his rod is because we are not giving him Zion. So Jesus will not stand. Uh -uh. He released his spirit to us. And Jesus is crying. Give me Zion. Jesus is crying. Church, give me Zion. That's why when David was made king of Israel, it was in a place called Hebron. Yes. And he said, no, I cannot rule from Hebron. Yes. I must come to Zion. Yes. I must go there. Because my rule must proceed from there. Now, he comes to Zion and he says, oh, that I may enter this city. Yes. And there are certain men led by Joab. They entered Zion for the king. It is not David who conquered Zion. It is Joab and the mighty men of David that entered Zion and conquered it for him. David was just in the barracks waiting. Seated on his throne so that his army can conquer Zion and Joab comes to David and says, Mr. King, Zion for you. So Jesus is in heaven. The same way David was made king in Hebron. He is king. But he is waiting for Zion to be given to him. In Kasarani, he is crying, give me Zion. And when we give him Zion, the rod of his strength will rule in the midst of his enemies. Oh, Jesus. Am I oh, making sense, Jesus. woman of God? 
Pray in the spirit for 30 seconds. Karabaganda bagaya. Rusa kuria mazelia baganda. Pare pasuka ripa suria pakaya bazaar. He is crying out, give me Zion. Jesus is crying to the church of Kenya and he's saying, give me Zion. The Lord shall send the rod of your strength out of Zion. Not out of heaven. You see, this is new heavens, new earth. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a discussion of heaven and earth. Sisi tunangoja Yesu atumie mamlaka yake kutoka binguni. Lakini ye anasema, mimi statumia mamlaka yangu kutoka binguni. Ni nataka kuitumia kwa mahali fulani. Inaitua zayuni. Nikipata zayuni, mamlaka yangu itatamalaki katikati ya madui zangu. Zion. So, Zion is what he is waiting for. And I want to share with you very quickly about Zion. In the next 20 minutes. Hallelujah. Thank you, sir. Amen. Let's appreciate him. Now, so Hebrews chapter 12 verse 22. Let's go there. Because we, we, we want to, to give him Zion. And I feel, man of God, this labors that we are having every year, every year, this labors that we are having, I believe God is helping us to build Zion. Hii tunasoma kwa sauti kubwa, si ndio? Hata wale mna watch tu musome tu kwa sababu kama mnaona kwa Bible. Unaweza fungua Bible yako in your sitting room. Let's read together. One to go. But you have come to Mount Zion. Now before but, twende huko mbele because I hear you don't begin a statement with but, si ndio? Endelea huko juu. Endelea tena. Endelea tena. For you have not come to the mountain that may be touched and that burned with fire and to blackness and darkness and tempest. This was Mount Sinai. The place of the Ten Commandments. The picture of the Old Testament. And the sound of a trumpet and the voice of words. So that those who had it begged that the word should not be spoken to them anymore. The, the power of the voice of God. They begged. They did not even, they begged. And it was the voice of God on the earth, not from heaven. For they could not endure what was commanded. And it was so much that as a beast touches the mountain, it shall be stoned or shot with an arrow. And so terrifying was the sight that even Moses, the one who invited God, 
said, I am exceedingly afraid and trembling. So we have not come to such a mountain. You have come to Mount Zion. To the city of the living God. Do you remember the first day I shared with you here? I talked to you about the city. The city was coming from where? Okay, some of you now are afraid because you don't know what I will say after that. The city was coming from where? Revelation 21, it was coming from heaven. Now, here the Bible says, you are, you are coming to the city. Is that what it says? Okay, is he saying you are going to the city? This is Bible. The Bible is not saying, but you are going to Mount Zion and you are going to the city of the living God. He says to Mephika. And as I explain this, I will tell you why I'm telling you we need to give God Zion. I will explain to you. But here he says, Io Zion to Mephika. And that, that Zion is called the city of the living God. How many cities that God has? Mungu ana city ngapi? Moja. Yeah. Mungu ana city mbili. Ana city moja. Na hiyo city yake moja, Biblia nasema to Mephika. So those of you who are waiting to go to the city, I don't know which city that is. Oh, najua tukikufa, tutaenda kwa city. The Bible says we have already come. Ama ni mimi naona makosa. Ambia mwenzako, Bible inasema tumefika kwa city. Alafu unasikia watu wanasema, "Oh, unajua hiyo city ina barabara za dhahabu." Hapana. Enda usome tena. Iko na barabara moja. Hiyo city na barabara ngapi? It is not the streets of gold. It is a street of gold. Jesus said, I am the way. So that street of gold is called Jesus Christ, the Lord. Somebody say we are in the city of the living God. The only person who was looking forward to that city was Abraham. But for you, you are not looking forward to that city. You are in that city. Now watch an Yaribu Zaidi. Now your city, the Obibi Arusi, wa Yesu. Yesu atawa mawe. Nadahabu. Now this is what we call apostolic doctrine. Apostolic doctrine ni mafunzo ya Biblia. Usitoke na mambo mazito ati apostolic prophetic ni Biblia tu. Bible. 
He says that city was adorned as a bride. And the Bible says the church is the bride of Christ. So the city is a church. That is why John said in that city there was no temple. Because the Bible says we are the temple of the living God. So to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, that city of the living God is also called heavenly Jerusalem. Jerusalem we have binguni. You remember Jerusalem? Last year? Now, so write these things down. You have come to Mount Zion. Now, Mount Zion is given three descriptions. Number one, it is the city of the living God. Number two, it is the heavenly Jerusalem. Number three, it is, okay, it's just two. The city of the living God and heavenly Jerusalem, which is Mount Zion. Mount Zion. Now, in that city called Mount Zion, or that reality of Mount Zion, there are two camps that meet in one place. This is what the Bible calls the Mahanaim experience. And by God's will, tomorrow, we will enter into that. And I want to show you some few things. Powerful things. Amen. Kesho ukuja na machozi ya kiro. Utalia. In the spirit. Kwa kiro utalia. I'm telling you. It's a place of convergence. Now, in Zion, that is where heaven and earth meet. That is why I'm telling you, the rod of his authority will not come from heaven. It will come from a place where heaven and earth meet. It is a place of convergence. It is a place called Mahanaim. That is the center of power. When Absalom came and took over power from his father, and his father wanted to consolidate his strength, David did not go to Hebron. David went to a place called Mahanaim. A place of two camps. Don't miss tomorrow. Because when you come to that place where two camps meet, authority is consolidated. Now, let's look at those two camps. There is a camp of heaven that comes to that place called Zion and there is a camp of the earth that comes to that place called Zion. Now, it is a converging place. It is a place, for lack of better words, Pastor Kim, between heaven and earth. It is a place that is created for Christ. That from that place, his rod can proceed. So, what is in heaven? Let's continue. He says, to an innumerable company of angels. So, the company of angels, where are they? Mesau Bible lesson. 
In this scripture, he says, the innumerable company of angels is in a place called Zion. So it's like angels, when Zion is formed, angels inhabit that place. Even Bethel. You remember the Bible says the angels were ascending and descending. So when Abraham created that Bethel place, angels changed location. They came to, to Bethel. So they were ascending and then coming back. So Zion, when we create it, we, we cause angels to shift the base of operation. So now they are in Zion and they are innumerable in number. You cannot number them. Continue the next verse. To the general assembly, write somewhere down, I'll come back to that. To the church of the firstborn, I'll come back to that. Who are registered, not in a church, in heaven. Now, what else comes from heaven? The Bible says, to God, the judge of all. Now, in Zion, God appears as a judge. When God comes to Zion, ladies and gentlemen, he is coming to judge because he knows the decree he made. You sit, I will make your enemies your footstool. So he comes to judge his enemies. To judge all. And then, to the spirits of just men made perfect. And I line that, we'll come back to that. Go to the next verse. To Jesus. Now, Jesus also appears in Zion, but he appears in Zion. The next verse. He appears in Zion as the mediator. The father comes as a judge. Jesus comes as a mediator. In other words, an advocate. Is that true? Now, then he says, in Zion, that is where the blood of sprinkling is. And that blood, the power of the blood, you remember we talked about the power of the blood. The power of the blood is effected from that place called Zion. And that blood speaks better things than that of Ebo. Continue. See that you do not refuse him who speaks. Now, underline these things down very quickly. And then we see how we are going to apply it now. We are coming to the place of application. From heaven, the heavenly order is innumerable company of angels. Number two, God, the judge of all. Number three, Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant. Number four, the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. But you remember, we looked at three other words which also are in Zion. Now, these others are the earthly order. Because I told you, Zion is a place of convergence. Heaven comes there. But the earth also must arise to that place. Now, what is of the earth? What is of the earth is this. Number one, the general assembly. Number two, the church of the firstborn. Thirdly, Spirits of just men made perfect. I believe, ladies and gentlemen, the problem is not what comes from heaven. 
The problem is what we give from the earth. And that is why we need, by the grace of God, to see, Ken, how we can give Christ Zion. How can we give him Zion? Because he has come there. His blood is there. The father is there to judge. Angels are there in number. Lakini, are we giving him a general assembly? Are we becoming the church of the firstborn? Are we bringing our bodies or are we bringing our spirits? That have been matured. Oh Jesus. Villain in our measure. I need to speak very slowly right now. Because hapa. I may confuse somebody. And I don't want to do that. Now. The general. Assembly. And I think. I can dwell on that. Sawa. Let's dwell on that and then we pray. Look at your neighbor, shake them. COVID or no COVID. Tell them we are the General Assembly. <laughs> shake the other one. Mambia, we are the General Assembly. General Assembly. Now, the General Assembly is the church. Somebody call it universal church. Okay? Basically, it is the church that has already gone to heaven and the church that is on the earth. The whole church, from generation to generation, to God, it is one church. It is called the general assembly. But I want you to know something about it, the general assembly. Go back to the verses before because I want everybody to see that. Go back again. You see? To the general assembly. Now, we are tracking the road because it is proceeding from Zion. So Zion is the general assembly. Yes. At least what we give in that place, our contribution to that place is the general assembly. Now, national assembly. National assembly. Does that make sense to somebody? Do you know the president authority proceeds through the national assembly? According to the constitution, the authority of the president is implemented through the National Assembly. The only problem with us is that the National Assembly is the one that makes the law and the president signs. In the spirit, it is the king who signs, I mean who makes the law and the National Assembly signs. Now, General Assembly. Let me take you back to history because this is a conference. This is not your Sunday service. Now, Jesus looks at his disciples, Matthew chapter 16. He says, you Peter, 
Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. But my father is in heaven. And what was the question Jesus asked? Who do men say that I am? All the disciples were very quick to answer. Some say Jeremiah. Some say John. Some say Elijah. But then he turns to them and says, who do you say that I am? Everybody went quiet. Yeah. And then Kimbelembele, Peter. Just speaks spontaneously. Thank God for sanguines. Kaya. Anaongea bila kufikiria. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. At that time, only demons knew who he was. Jesus was shocked. He says, Peter. It's like he was not expecting that. At least John, I would have understood. You, Peter. It's for a fact, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. Because I know you, Peter. Flesh and blood cannot reveal this to you. But my father, who is in heaven. And of course, later Jesus says, you know, the son of man is about to go to Jerusalem to be betrayed and he will be killed. Hey, Peter, Kazema, anointing bado So he says, the Bible says, he took Jesus by the side. Revelation man. <laughs> he took him, he takes him and says, you Jesus, I declare to you it will not happen to you. So he thought he's still flowing in the revelation of the father. <laughs> the same man, Jesus said the father has revealed to you. Jesus looks at him and says, you devil. Satan. He calls Peter Satan. And then the few verses before, he said, the father has spoken through you. So that means your friend, not you, your friend can speak for God and for the devil the same day. So it is for you to discern. Iyo sauti ni ya mungu ama ni shetani. That's for, for another day. Now, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And I say to you, you are Peter, rock. And upon this church, I will, upon this rock, I will build my church. And that church, the gates of hell, cannot prevail against it. When God builds a church in a location, no gate of hell, I say no gate of hell can prevail against that church. It doesn't matter even if all the hordes of hell can come against the church of even five people. It cannot prevail against it. Because he said, I will build my church. Now, I want to, to, to mess up your understanding a little bit today. So that tomorrow to endele hapo. Sinisao. Jesus did not say, I will build my church. He said, I will build my general assembly. Zion is a general assembly. He, he said, I will build my general assembly. Yes, 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 yes. He did not say, I will build my church. And I think that is why, to a certain extent, we have not been able to see the manifestation of Zion. 
It is an assembly that God was, Christ was building, not a church. The word, as you have mentioned, is ecclesia. You go study the word ecclesia. Ecclesia is not church. Ecclesia, theologically you are told is what? Called out ones. Even that one went halfway. Ecclesia means this, and Josephus explains it in his book. Okay. Josephus was a historian who explained what happened in the early church and during that time. He explains Ecclesia very well. He says, when the Roman government will send someone like Pilate, the way he was sent to Jerusalem, the strategy to rule that city was simply this. The governor will come to that city. Let's say it's, 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 it's uh, Kasarani. They come to that city. The first thing they will do, they will identify leading men in that city. Men of wealth, men of influence. Then he will begin to call them out. And they will come to him. And then he will make friends with them. And he will tell them, help me to govern your city. And then he will call them Ecclesia. And then the, he will give them an authority. And you know what the authority was? He will say, whatever you permit in the city, I permit. Whatever you forbid, I forbid. That's why Jesus said, whatever you bind on earth. It is not binding by shouting. It is binding by discussion. Aki. Yani tunongea. Tunasema atutaki. And then the, the law, he will say, I approve because you are my ecclesia. So you begin to see how the road will proceed. Ecclesia. Now what happened when the Bible was being translated, and this is also in history. It comes to King James. KJV. Somebody say KJV. Do you know that version of King James version was authorized by a king? And when the king came to that point, and said, I will build my ecclesia. What is ecclesia? Parliament. He said, ah, that is not a comfortable word for me. So what they did, Davis, is that they changed the word ecclesia because if they were honest, it would have read like this. Matthew chapter 16. I will build my parliament. And the gates of hell will not prevail against my parliament. Now the king had a parliament. How can he say the church is another parliament? So they changed the word and they found a word in English that refers to a place of worship. And it is called church. So instead of using the literal meaning parliament, he uses the word 
church, a place of church. That is why even up to now, we say every Sunday, we are going to church. So the normal man reads Matthew 16 this way. I will, I will build my place of worship. And the gates of hell shall not prevail. So if a, an MCA, and God forbids, gets angry one day and comes with a bulldozer and demolishes the place of worship, people say, the church has been removed. Who told you? Jesus did not say, I will build my place of worship. Thank God for places of worship. That's not what Jesus is building. He is building a general assembly. He's building a parliament. And parliament is where the speaker is. Can I go deeper? Is there anything deeper than that? <laughs> As long as there is the speaker, that is parliament. It can be under a tree. Speaker akikuja na ile kitu. Kuisha. Is parliament. Oh my God. And what is happening, ladies and gentlemen, God is raising chapters of his parliament from region to region. And every chapter of his parliament is responsible for its location. So when we gather in a place like this, this is parliament. Can't you see the speaker with a microphone? There is a pastor. He is the speaker. You are a member of parliament. And members of parliament, when they gather, they don't gather to cry. You know, we need to give God Zion. Jesus. That is not the essence of the church. The parliament, when we gather, parliament is in session. So when we gather like this and the spirit is governing us and is ruling and governing what is going on, a member rises up with a session. Yes. What is it called? A motion. He says, I design in the spirit. We need to uproot a principality in our location. And then the other members of parliament says, one of them says, I second the motion. Let one prophesy. Let two confirm. That confirmation is seconding, is, that, is something called thirding. Yes. The session. <laughs> we say, yes, that is the session for today. And then the speaker says, do I have the nays? Everybody who is against this motion, say nay. Everyone who is on this motion, say yes. And then he says, the eyes have it. So every time we gather, it is an opportunity to shift things in the spirit. 
There is no way if we understand what the church is, any person should be under any generational curse. How can that happen? How can that happen? You are a member of parliament in the general assembly of God and you cannot deal with your constituents. How now? <laughs> How can the church be under demonic rule in their location and we are the church and we are praying? No. We, we must understand who we are. That we can come to a service like this, like tonight, and we begin to pass motions and we come into the spirit of agreement and we lift up our voices and legislate in the spirit and that becomes law from that time on, that matter will never rise again, period. But if we want to operate in that level of grace and anointing, men, we need to come to levels of knowledge and understanding. Do you know, I, I'm telling you this, I have come to a point, my friends, I don't need to pray for something twice. Unless the Holy Spirit forces me to. I, I will not. There is no way we're in agreement like this in the church. And then I say, get a job. Then after two weeks, I pray again to you, for you to get a job. No. When I say that, now I go and rest. The, the session is over. We just wait for that to manifest. A member of parliament cannot pass a motion and they agree on that motion, then they pass it again. What do you mean? What do you mean? So Jesus was saying, I will build my ecclesia, my general assembly. So this is a chapter of Kasarani. The parliament is on session. What do you want to see? Let's agree, yes. let's decree, yes. and it will be so. Yes. His rod extends from Zion. Yes. Can you imagine, Anne? Imagine when we pass a motion, the Father ensures it is executed. As the judge. Jesus. Ensures it is executed. As the mediator. His blood. Is speaking. Angels are there waiting. So that when we decree a thing. They begin to execute. Tonight. We can shift anything that we decide and agree to shift. Are you ready? I can't finish. Let's stand up on our feet. Let's stand up on our feet.
Can I have someone on the keyboard? We, we want to make some declarations, somebody. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Worship team, just come in front right now. I want us to make some declarations in the name of Jesus. We are going to pass motions in this gathering tonight. Lift up your voice and pray in the spirit. Pray in the spirit. remain standing uh, let, let me say two things and then we pray because there are some targeted prayers I felt we need to make tonight alright so we, we have like 15 to 20 minutes so we have time now the Zion company we say it's a general assembly is a church that knows who it is we are the ecclesia we are the parliament of then he continues to say it is the church of the firstborn who is the firstborn Jesus this is a church that knows its identity it is the church of it is not a kikuyu church it is not a luya church you see people come to church as luos as cambas so it is a church of the tribes of Kenya that's why next year God forbid everybody will run to their tribes because it is not the church of the firstborn we must know who whose we are we, our identity is Christ. When you come into the kingdom, you cease to be a lawyer. You cease to be a kamba. You cease to be a kikuyu. You cease to be a man. You cease to be a woman. You cease to be a gentle or a Jew. You are of Christ. It is a church of the firstborn. If there is something we must labor, man of God, is to help the church know who it is. Who we are. Secondly, I mean, there's a third one. He says, it is the spirits of just men made perfect. In other words, matured. is the spirit of men matured. Realize this, my friends. People bring their bodies to church, 
But I pray will come to a day. You will not just bring your body. Your spirit will exist. every message. My sister, I was very encouraged today. You know, I was not in the lunch hour service. I arrived um, when the lunch hour service was going on in town. I entered into Kenya cinema and then I needed to shave my beard. So I went to the first floor. I did not enter the lunch hour. I the first floor because after lunch hour we needed to do some operation. So I went to shave my beard as the message, the lunch, lunch hour was going on. But I repented. I said, So let me shave. And then I entered the church at 2 o'clock. And then one of our sisters saw me. She said, Pastor Mark, were you within this building? What time? As the lunch hour was going on. Were you in this building? I, I confessed my sins. I said, yes, I was shaving. She said, I sensed your spirit in this building. I knew you were around this building. Yes. my story. Your spirit can exist. And my spirit, when, when we will have mature men, their spirits create electrical airwaves in the spirit as we gather. Earthquakes and tremors occur in the spirit by people being in the service. The, the frequency of a, of a meeting, the temperatures of a meeting, it is not because we sang 100 songs. It is not because we have multitude of men. It is not even because we prayed before we began the service. Even though all those things are important. The temperature of a service is determined by the people. The people there. Not the people holding the microphone. The people in the congregation. May your spirit be mighty. May this be the gathering of the spirits of just men that have been matured that our presence can command obedience we cannot depend on the anointing of the man of God all our lives no, we must develop our own virtue we must exist in the spirit oh my God and when the spirits of just men gather it becomes a ruling spirit in the atmosphere. May Life Church Kasarani come to that dimension and that stature in the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody lift up your voice and pray. Pray, 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 pray. We are about to make some decrees in this place. We are about to make some decrease in this service today. And I declare there is going to be a shift. 
Lepa karabagadaba Lipa kuria mazaya Lipa ruza keria Lipa kuria zaya Lipa kuria zaya Your life is going to take a shift There is a turnaround There is a turnaround I hear the sound of a shift I hear the sound of change Come on, somebody lift up your voice and pray.
to make at least three or five minutes of prayer. This is the first thing I want us to pray about. Remember, who are we? We are the General Assembly. We are the Parliament of God. Whatever we permit, the King permits. Whatever we forbid, the King forbids. If two of you agree on earth, this Parliament can be on motion with two members. Two members. If two of you agree on the earth concerning anything, they ask, it will be done by my father in heaven. Pastor, I have tried. It has not worked. It is because power is in understanding. You must understand who you are. And when you know and you declare and pray from the place of knowledge it is yours, it is given I declare to you in the name of Jesus that every generational iniquity injustice and infirmity in your life is broken tonight tonight now that is our motion. We are passing a motion. Every generational iniquity, injustice, and infirmity is broken from your life. Tonight. I say tonight. I, I tell you, I tell you, we, we, we are going to write it, we are going to write it as a decree. I'm, I'm telling you, I pray someone will believe. I pray someone will believe. When we pray tonight, you will not need to pray this prayer again, but you will see results. You cannot be dealing with generational curses all your lifetime. How long will you pray to break that curse? How long? How long will you live in evil cycles? That your life is an evil cycle. Again and again, you're going through the same cycle. How long? And Jesus says, I will build my ecclesia, my general assembly. The gates of hell, the gates of hell in your family, in your bloodline, in your generations cannot prosper. You must believe. 
before we pray I, 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 I want to stir you up it is an abomination man of God it is an abomination and we cannot allow this thing to pass that you become a prayer material every man of God must pray for you pastor I am dealing with this generational curse pray for me one year two years three years and every week parliament gathers that parliament Jesus said the gates of hell cannot prevail we are declaring every iniquity annality tonight every infirmity annality tonight every injustice in your life annality tonight in the name of Jesus as you pray and I want you to pray with all faith and boldness and courage but you must target your prayer look at your life look at your family and see those patterns and those tendencies that keep on repeating themselves in your family and as you pray deal with that specifically if it is a certain disease that always tracks your bloodline declare it is a nullity as far as you are concerned if it is an addiction a tendency to sin in your bloodline we are declaring it a nullity tonight because there is a blood of sprinkling that speaks now I will give you five minutes and every one of you must pray for yourself don't look around don't depend on your neighbor stand today because we are agreeing with you and begin to break every generational bloodline curse infirmity iniquity injustice break it tonight in the mighty name of Jesus declare your liberation this is your hour I said this is your hour do not postpone your deliverance do not postpone your breakthrough do not postpone your miracle this is the hour come on somebody lift up your voice now yes we are stepping into the previous generation yes into the generation of our fathers our grandfathers our great grandfathers yes even to the 10th generation we declare every iniquity that has been flowing through the blood we stand today by the power of the blood of sprinkling we declare no generational curse has any authority to operate in my life I speak and I declare that I am delivered from every iniquity every injustice every infirmity every bloodline curse in the name of Jesus come on somebody I declare tonight what destroyed my father cannot destroy me I declare tonight what brought down my mother will not bring me down Makuriazaya, Lepakuraza, Lepakuriazai, 
the cycles of my family the cycles of my family the cycles of my family oh cannot be repeated in my life I am the seed of Abraham my God my God my God come on somebody pray nobody will pray for you nobody will lay hands on you declare your deliverance we are not the generation of strugglers. We are blessed with every heavenly blessing in Christ Jesus. Oh my God. Oh my God. My feet have a sure path. My light shines brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter to the perfect day oh my god my marriage will not end up like the marriage of my parents and my bloodline we declare even the church will not go through the cycles of our fathers we break the curse we break the curse we break the curse We divorce ourselves from the names that we were given. Yes, we declare in Christ we have a new name. We declare in Christ we have a new name. to this we'll still push this matter even if it's the only thing we're going to push tonight we are going to push this let me give you a testimony I know we are going live but it's a testimony that will build many people I came to a certain season in my life I was dealing with so much generational tendencies and cycles and I'm telling you I went through so much frustration went through that frustration as a family. I remember one morning I was reading the scripture, Judges chapter 6, where the Bible says, when Gideon built an altar to God, the Lord appeared to him the following day, says, go first of all and destroy the, the altars of your father. Then build me an altar. And when I was studying that scripture, the Lord told me, you are trying to build an altar for me in your family, but there is another altar in your father's house that is speaking against you. Go and destroy the altar of your father's house. And we took a month, my wife and I, to discuss and to share why are we going through these challenges? 
Why are we going through these problems? And we saw the patterns of our family. We identified specifically demonic altars that were raised in our father's houses that speak to us. You know, when you got married, there was an altar that was raised and spoke against us. And we took a month to pray and to research and to talk. We called our parents. We sorted some things we needed to sort with them. It was an engagement that was very intensive for a whole month. And then at the culmination, I remember we invited Apostle David to come to our home. We were living in a flat, you know, a very small house. We are just living. If you only knew our story, you would appreciate what I'm telling you. I was sharing with Pastor Kim in the office today because of something. When we were giving birth to our son, our firstborn son, he's now in form three. My wife almost died. It was just like this. She survived by the mercies of God. She lost so much blood during delivery. They had to add, I can't remember right now, but I think something to do with six pints of blood. I'm not very sure. A lot of blood was added to her. For her to survive, it was a battle. From that point, we went through four miscarriages. Four. Four miscarriages. The final one was the hardest. It was a stillbirth. We gave birth to a dead child. And we did everything that we needed to do. But it didn't work. And many other things that were going on in our lives. And we said, no, we have to address this thing. And I remember when Apostle came. There was nothing big. It was just a session with four members of parliament. Myself, my wife, Apostle, and another man of God. And I can't forget what Apostle told me. We sat down, he prayed for us, and dealt with those things. And he looked at me and said, from today, never pray this prayer again. Do you know up to tomorrow, I can never pray about generational curses. How can I and the speaker confirmed. Yes. <laughs> From today, never bring this motion again. Now, I can't pray. I'm just waiting to see things happening. Yeah. And I'm telling you, things began to change. Yeah. That's what I'm telling you. It is all about understanding. Yes. Yes. Understand. Someone will be delivered tonight. You will not need to struggle. Not even you. Even your children will never need to deal with generational curses. How can you deal with generational curses all your life? How? I think I'm dealing with the generation of my, my the curse of my grandmother. Well, wewe ni unangufu kushinda mungu. Mungu amesema imeisha. Alafu wewe hapana. No. We have to deal with these things. Oh glory to God. And I want to give you two minutes. The last two minutes. Release fire. And mention them by name. If it, is, if it is witchcraft. If it is injustice. Cycles of poverty. Certain tendencies to sin in a certain way. They are in your family. Some of you have been praying about those things for years. Deal with them tonight. Finish that matter. And then 
you will begin to see things begin to shift. Glory to God. Am I talking to somebody here tonight? Oh, glory to God. Lift up both of your hands above your head. Now begin to pray. I'll give you two minutes. Two minutes. Release fire. Release fire. Release fire. Release fire. Two minutes. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Address those things one by one. Don't just pray in tongues. Begin to address those things one by one. We give you time. Even those of you who are watching, wherever you are, if you can pray, begin to pray. Address those things one by one. My God, my God. Addictions. Addictions. You have tried to deal with addictions. It has not been possible. You find yourself going back again. Tonight is your day of deliverance. This is your night. Come on. 